So the great singing and uh, the wonderful offertory, thank you so much for the great, great music tonight. Well, we had a wonderful day with your pastor and uh, just a great time of uh, fellowship today in St. Augustine, and you have been so good to us, and I know I speak for all of the missionaries here when we say from the bottom of our hearts, thank you, Pastor, thank you, Emmanuel Baptist Church family. Man, I'm telling you, you have spoiled us this week, and it has been such a blessing, such a help. We're thrilled to have been here this week. Looking forward to soul winning tomorrow. Looking forward to knocking on doors in the area with you. Uh, that's where the mission field for Emmanuel Church, Emmanuel Baptist Church begins, right here in Jacksonville, Florida. Then we're looking forward to the Lord's Day. Then I'm looking forward to hearing what God's going to do through you as a church family to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel. Can I encourage you to be much in prayer about what the Lord would have you and your family to do in your giving regularly? faithfully, systematically, over and above your regular tithes and offerings so that others could hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, I thought if it was okay, can I sing one tonight? I know it's a Friday night. We maybe would have a little bit more time tonight. So I thought about a song the Lord gave me several years ago. I know I've sung this here before. But I love to sing it in missions revivals because it says in the last part of the chorus, Jesus came to die for all the world. And He didn't come to die for just a few people. He came to die for all the world. Amen? And I believe that with all of my heart. I hope and pray this song will be a blessing and an encouragement and a challenge uh, to you tonight.
thank you, brother. Amen. Do you believe that tonight? Would you say amen? I'm so thankful that I was a part of the world that Jesus left the portals of glory for. I tell you, I feel good in my soul tonight. I'm so thankful for a Savior that loved me so much that He left the splendor of heaven, was born of a virgin, wrapped in swaddling clothing, and laid in a manger. But I'm going to tell you tonight that Savior did not stay in the manger. Oh no. He got up and He rose out of that manger. Lived 33 and one half years so we could walk up Calvary's hill, lay His life down, shed His blood so that I, so that you wouldn't have to die and go to hell. But so that the world through Him can not only have life but have it more abundantly. I don't know about you But I'm glad to know Him tonight. I'm glad my God's not a God of wood or stone. I'm glad He lives in my heart tonight in the person of the sweet Holy Spirit of God. And I never have understood how folks that say they have the Lord living on the inside has no desire for others who have yet to hear the gospel story to have the same Lord that they claim that lives inside of them live inside of them. The answer to the world's condition tonight is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what I felt impressed of the Lord to do. If you'll take your Bible tonight and turn with me to Matthew chapter 16, I want to do something tonight that I've never done here. I want to make an appeal for every one of God's children in this building tonight to surrender their life to do whatever God would want you to do. Now, I'll tell you what I believe about it. I realize that God doesn't call all of us to go to Costa Rica. But I believe every one of us that's saved ought to wrestle with it. I realize that God doesn't call every single one of us to go to Burma or South Dakota. I understand that. But I'll tell you what I believe. If we're where we need to be with God, when we see a video presentation like we've been blessed to see tonight, we ought to wrestle with it. We ought to be willing to say, Lord, if you want me in Burma, here I am. Send me. Every single... Listen, you may think I'm talking to the teenagers tonight. I'm talking to all of God's youngins here at Emmanuel Baptist Church tonight. I turned to Dr. Neal a while ago and I said, I'm thrilled about the Gilbold's ministry. I think the greatest reason I'm thrilled about their ministry, their pastor said it right, when most folks their age would have been content just to find some resting place. Man, he is a man of vision. I want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, go to their display over the old auditorium. He's already mapped out what he's going to do with that 73 acres. He took me through it last night step by step. Here's the main auditorium. Here's the Bible college. Here's the dorm for the Bible college. I thought, oh my soul, what a blessing. Every single one of us, regardless of our age, ought to be willing to surrender our lives to do whatever God would have you to do. Now, Dr. Neal, I think you would agree with this. God's not going to call every member of Emmanuel Baptist Church to go to some foreign mission field or go to another place, even in southern Florida, to start another church. I mean, somebody has to stay right here. And somebody has to run the buses. And somebody has to tithe. And somebody has to give a faith promise missions offering so we can get these missionary families to their perspective fields. But I am absolutely persuaded to believe, as I, as I have spoken to your pastor, that there are people in this building tonight, and you're saved, that you have yet to surrender completely of whatever God wants you to do. Now, it may be that He wants you to be a Christian businessman. Lord knows we need some of those. 
We need some Christian lawyers and doctors. We need some Christian trash men. Amen. And it might be God's will for you to be a Christian trash man. But can I tell you tonight, if that's the will of God for your life, there is no higher promotion than being in the center of God's divine will. So the appeal that I'm going to make to you tonight, Emmanuel Baptist Church, is this. Would you please consider surrendering? I mean, giving up your will to God's. Have you found your place in Matthew chapter number 16? Matthew chapter number 16, notice verse 21, as we stand our feet all over the building. Matthew chapter 16, in verse number 21. The Bible says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. When Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For the next few moments, I want to preach a message tonight that I've simply entitled Christ's Challenge to Any Man. And I'm preaching tonight to every single, born-again, blood-bought child of God in this building. If you've been saved five minutes, I'm preaching to you. But if you've been saved 60 years, I'm preaching to you as well. Christ's challenge to any man. Let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Father... Thank you for the Word of God. Use it to challenge us and change us that we may be more like Thee. Help me, I pray. I'm nothing without Thee. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I've always found it interesting while studying this, the 16th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, that earlier in the chapter, we actually witnessed for ourselves Peter recognizing the Lord Jesus for who he really is. Upon being asked the question, latter portion of verse 13 of the chapter, Who do men say I, the Son of Man, am? Peter responded by saying, according to verse 16, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon giving his answer to the Lord's question, the Lord Jesus responded by saying in verse 17, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Certainly you would agree with me tonight when I say that this was a high point in Peter's life. Then Peter had the right answer. Peter heralded the right acknowledgement that of the Christ, the Son of the living God. However, isn't it amazing at times how quickly things can change? Earlier in the first portion of the chapter, we witnessed firsthand Peter recognizing the Lord Jesus. However, by the time we reach our text tonight, the same man that recognizes the Lord Jesus in the first portion of the chapter now rebukes Jesus. Can you imagine that? When the Lord Jesus began speaking to his disciples about Calvary, about suffering, about his bodily resurrection, the Word of God says in verse 22 that Peter took the Lord and he began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Peter, at least at this point, actually thought he knew better than the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? 
Do you see firsthand what the Apostle Peter is doing here in the text? He is embracing a crossless creed. He is emphasizing a crossless theology. However, did you happen to notice in the text Jesus' response to Peter's crossless theology? He said, according to verse 23, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. You see, ladies and gentlemen, a crossless theology is a satanic theology. And therefore Jesus strongly rebuked Peter for his thinking, therefore greatly emphasizing just how vitally important Calvary and Christ's shed blood and the cross is, especially when it comes to man's soul's salvation. However, isn't it interesting The Lord not only emphasized the necessity of the cross when it comes to salvation for the sinner, but by the cruise he used the same analogy when it comes to service for the saints of God. Jesus tells his men, according to verse 24, If any man will come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. My, how significantly different from the thinking of the world in which we're living tonight. I am afraid we're living in a day of convenient Christianity. We love preaching about the prize in heaven. The pastor don't tell me about a price to pay here in this world. We are living in a day of convenient Christianity. However, the Lord sent me here to say tonight what he said through the text to his disciples then and to you and I tonight through the preserved word of God. If any man will come after me. If any man will be used of me to the fullest extent to carry out my will to make a difference in this life and impact the world for Christ, if any man will know and experience the touch of God and the power of God in their life, I want you to know it's going to cost something. Now, whatever you do, please don't misunderstand. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, it's my privilege to tell you tonight that salvation is a gift from God. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8 declares, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the what? It is the gift of God. Ephesians 2 and 9 teaches us that it is not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is a free gift from God. But God sent me here to tell you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to serve God after He saves you, it's going to cost you something. If you're going to do it to the fullest extent. Can I tell you this evening, my friend, it's not always going to be fun and adventurous serving God. Instead of splendor, Jesus is speaking of suffering here in the text He's led me to tonight. Instead of pats on the back and plaques in the wall and paychecks in our pocket, Jesus is speaking of pain here. If any man will come after me, that's what Jesus said. Let that man, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It isn't a crown Jesus is speaking of here. Brother, it's a cross. He makes it abundantly clear in the text before us, before there will ever be a price to gain, there is most definitely a price to pay. And therefore, for those of us who want to do their very best to serve the Lord and to live for the Lord, I want to know what he's saying in this verse of Scripture. If there is a price to pay in light of what my Savior did for me, Man, I want to be all I can possibly be for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so just notice just a few things directly from your King James Bible tonight that I trust God will use to challenge and change our lives. First of all, notice number one, the candidate for service. 
Did you happen to notice whom Jesus was careful to mention as the candidate for service here in the text? We see the candidate mentioned in verse number 24. Here's what Jesus said. If any man, if any man will come after me. Here, dear friends, we see the candidate for service. Jesus said, if any man. And may I say to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus used the word man in our key text, He used it in a generic sense. He wasn't just speaking to those of us who are of the male gender. He's speaking to every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that has turned to Him and Him alone for their soul's salvation. Therefore, do you know what that tells me this evening? If I've been saved five minutes, then I am a candidate for service to the Lord. If I have been saved, I get Jesus measles on my arm when I just said that. If I have been saved 15 years, then I am a candidate for the Lord's service. If I have been saved 40, 50, 60, 70 years, no matter where I am at in my personal walk with Christ, I have the potential of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the candidate for service. Now, I know we have the preserved Word of God, and I know we're reading from this text tonight, but let me remind you of the proper context of these verses of Scripture. Who is Jesus speaking to when He says, If any man will come after Me? He's speaking to the disciples. Amen? He is speaking to the disciples. And one of those disciples was just sternly rebuked because he had messed up, and he had messed up Royally. But isn't it amazing? To the very man that had messed up royally, God, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, reminds that imperfect man, the man who had just messed up, the man that had just fallen short, I want you to know, Peter, I rebuke you, but at the same time, I want you to know, I can use you. Listen to me tonight. I heard a preacher many, many years ago make this statement. Brother Nancy, I've never forgotten it. It changed my life. And now since it has changed my life, I try to tell it everywhere I go. And that is the fact, ladies and gentlemen, God isn't looking for perfection. God is looking for a person. God isn't looking for capability. God is looking for availability. And if you make yourself available, God will make you capable of doing so great a thing, so great a work for God, that nobody, and I mean nobody, can get credit for it, but the thrice holy God of glory. God sent me here to tell you tonight, you are the candidate for the Lord's service. I don't care what your pedigree reads. I don't care what side of the tracks you live on. I don't care if you're a small young lady or an elderly young lady. And I'm careful where I point my finger right on that point. God can, are you listening to me tonight? God can use you if you make yourself available to be used. God will use you to impact this world for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to make a statement here and I want you to listen the first time I make it and then I want you to say it with me. I am a candidate for service. Can you say that with me? I am a candidate for service. You know, Dr. Neal, when I just had those precious people here at Emmanuel Baptist Church quote that little statement, I am the candidate for service. I noticed Brother Stanley quoted it with us, and though the Lord has certainly blessed him with a lot of different talents, he can sing, he can preach, he can lead music, he can hold a microphone when Brother Carlos sings, he can do anything. He can do anything. And what he can't do, Miss Stanley will take up the 
smack, amen. But can I tell you tonight, it's not just Brother Stanley that God can use. He can use this young lady. He can use this young man. He can use that man right there. He can use you, ma'am. He can use you, sir. I don't care who you are, where you're from. You are a candidate for service. And what God wants out of you is just to report to duty. Now, wait a minute, preacher. I don't know if the Lord can use me. Can I tell you this tonight? If He can use the ravens to feed Elijah, you know what the ravens are? Just an old scavenger bird. Just an old run of the meal. Every day, ordinary bird. Do you know what the Word of God teaches us about those ravens? God can put His hand on an old scavenger bird and touch that bird with His power and with His grace and with His might and cause an old scavenger bird to do God's bidding. And if God can use an old everyday run of the mill scavenger bird, just an old plain ordinary run of the mill black bird, then God can and will use any man that turns to the Lord Jesus Christ, realizing that without the Lord they're nothing. If you make yourself available, God will make you capable. If God can use a rod in the hands of Moses. If God can use a sling and a stone in the hands of a little shepherd boy who was the least of his father Jesse's house. I'm telling you, God can use you. Can I ask you this question tonight? Do you remember how Gideon responded in Judges 6 and 15 when God said that he wanted to use Gideon to help his people slay the Midianites? Do you remember what Gideon said? He said, Oh Lord, I am the least. Do you remember that? I am the least. I am the least of my father's house. But God took the least of his father's house and a handful of God's people to slay a whole host of Midianites. You know why God did it that way? You know why God often does things that way? So that when miraculous things are accomplished for God's honor and God's glory, no man can stand idly by with his thumbs and his suspenders saying, look what I did. Absolutely not. Instead, when God uses common, ordinary, everyday, real people, when God gets through, nobody gets glory but God. God wants to use you tonight. He's just looking for a surrendered will. He's looking for an open heart. The candidate for service. If any man. It's right here in your Bible. We not only see the candidate for service, but secondly, we see the commitment for service. Let's examine the text again, shall we? The Lord Jesus says to Peter, again in verse 24, If any man, watch your Bible, will come after me. Now let me call you the teacher to family again to those four words. Will come after me. A lot of great preaching here I don't have time to do. But these words, number one, spoke of direction. But they also spoke of dedication. They're certainly worthy of our consideration, those four words that Jesus uses to stress Peter uh, in order that any man would be used to the fullest extent is going to have to make a commitment because just as Peter had to make a commitment, you and I are going to have to make a commitment as well. Oh, listen, the word commitment. It is a word the greater majority of people shy away from these days. They don't like that word, commitment. Ask any marriage counselor, what do you see as the greatest problem in marriages today? He or she would tell you a lack of commitment among husbands and wives that make up that marriage. Ask any employer, what is the largest obstacle that stands in the way of your business going to the next level, he or she would respond by saying, a lack of commitment 
within the ranks of our employees. Ask any average pastor in America. And you will discover that one of the greatest problems that pastor has in leading that local church that God has led him forward, it would certainly be a lack of commitment amongst the membership that makes it up. Hear me tonight, great, soul-winning, missions-minded churches will never be built with spare time and pocket change. If we're ever going to impact the world for Jesus, we're going to have to come after Christ. And if we're going to come after Christ, we're going to have to make a commitment. I see the candidate for service. I see the commitment for service. Further, I see the criteria for service. Let's examine the text again, shall we? Jesus said to Peter and his fellow disciples in verse 24, If any man will come after me, here's the criteria, hold on now, let him deny himself. Preacher, I would surrender to the Lord, but that might mean that I would have to give up. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And, he's not free now, and take up his cross, He's still not through. And follow me. Now having considered the text, we see, according to the Word of God, the criteria for faithful service to the Lord is threefold. So let's address this question. What is involved when it comes to the service of the Lord? Three things right here in the Bible. First of all, denial is involved. The Lord Jesus said in the text, if any man will come after me, if any man will serve me to the fullest extent, know my touch, my power, live for me, be used to me, that individual is going to have to meet this criteria. He's going to have to deny himself. Now let me assure you tonight, friend, that's easy preaching, but one of the hardest things I've ever done as a Christian deny myself. Now, what does that mean? Well, there are a lot of definitions that I don't have time to give you, but let me sum it up by saying this. To deny oneself means to completely and utterly surrender our will to the will of our Heavenly Father. Here's what it means to deny oneself. It means you take a symbolic piece of paper with nothing on it. And it means you sign the bottom. And you turn it and you give it to God and say to the Lord, Lord, you put down where you want me to go on that paper and I'm going. If it's to stay right here at Emmanuel Baptist Church, be faithful, say amen to Dr. Neal as he preaches, cheer Brother Stanley on as he leads the singing, work a bus route, knock on doors. If that's what you want for my life, Lord, since there is no higher promotion than being in the direct center of the divine will of God, Lord, that's what I want. That's what it means to deny oneself. It means all your aspirations of life. You lay aside so that you might be willing to do what God would have you to do. Denial is involved. Denial is not the only thing that's involved, but if you'll notice right here in the text, death is involved. And when the Lord Jesus speaks of a cross here, He speaks of dying to self. Mm -mm. 
dying to self, dying to our flesh. Here is a great paradox of the Bible. Paul said in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Paul in Romans chapter 12 spoke of a living sacrifice, but here in the text, he's speaking of the cross. And you can, you can rest assured, those disciples knew what that cross spoke of. It spoke of death. It spoke of pain and suffering. But Jesus is speaking of dying to self. And you know what the Bible teaches us? The Bible teaches us, Brother Banty, if we want to live life to the fullest, then we're going to have to die to our flesh and ourselves. Well, it's no wonder the Apostle Paul said on one occasion, I die daily. It's no wonder he said in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Have you died today? Have you died today? You see, to die to self doesn't mean to be disciplined. It means to be deceased. To die to self doesn't mean that you will make self exist unless. It means that you will make self non-existent. To die to self, it doesn't mean that you think less of yourself. Brother, it means you don't think of yourself at all. That's exactly what it means. So, you still want to serve God? You can. But not without denial being involved. Not without death being involved. A few months ago, I came across these words. I wrote them down. They have challenged my life, I'll share them with you. When you are forgotten, neglected, or purposefully set at naught, and yet you don't sting or hurt with the oversight, but your heart remains happy, counted worthy to being suffer, to suffer for the cause of Christ, that is dying to self. When you're good, is evil spoken of. When your wishes are crossed, your advice disregarded, your opinion ridiculed, and you refuse to let anger rise in your heart or spirit and even defend yourself. But take it all in patient, loving service. That is dying to self. When you lovingly and patiently Bear any disorder, any irregularity, any annoyance when you can stand face to face with waste, folly, extravagance, spiritual insensibility, and endure it all as did our Savior. That is dying to self. When you are content with any food, when you are content with any offering, when you are content with any raiment, any climate, any society, any solitude, any interruption, by the divine will of God, that is dying to self. When you never care to refer to yourself in conversation or record your own good works or itch after the commendation of the brethren, when you can truly enjoy being unknown, that, that is dying to self.
When you can see your brother prosper and have his needs met and can honestly rejoice with him in spirit and feel no envy nor question God while your own needs are far greater and you're in even dire circumstances, that is dying to self. When you can receive instruction and correction and reproof from one of less stature than you are and yet can humbly submit inwardly as well as outwardly finding no rebellion or resentment rising up in your heart or your spirit, that is dying to self. Have we really died today? Denial is involved Death is involved. Then direction is involved. Because our key text says again, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And friend, when one follows the Lord Jesus Christ, the world will never have to wonder which direction the man is going in. The lies will never be blurred because such a man realizes having surrendered his will to the will of God that denial, death, and direction is involved when it comes to the criteria for serving the Lord. And so we see the candidate. We see the commitment. We see the criteria but finally, notice the condition. And I'm going to do something on this last point that every single one of my Bible college instructors would persuade me not to do. I'm going to back up to the very first word that Jesus spoke in verse number 24 and use that first word as the last point of my message. And the reason that I want to do that is because in that first word we see the condition for service to the Lord. Do you see the word? Do you see that little two-letter word right there in our key text tonight? It is the word if. The word if that is used in the text implies that whereas every saved man most definitely is a candidate to serve the Lord, not every man will. Do you want to know who Jesus wants to use in this congregation? You want to know who Jesus wants to use? Let me do it like this. You. Jesus wants to use you. Jesus wants to use you. You are a candidate for the service of of the Lord. The candidacy is open to any man. But, whereas the candidacy is open to any man, the Bible is abundantly clear. It's sad to say, but not every man will make the commitment. Not every man will meet the criteria. But can I challenge you tonight to consider signing your name to the blank piece of paper and giving the piece of paper to God. Because I assure you, when Jesus comes back, and by the way, He could come back tonight. I pray that He comes back tonight. I've not got one thing that I'm holding on to in this world that would keep me saying along with a revelator, even so come, Lord Jesus. He could come back tonight. And do you know where we're going after the reunion in the sky? I understand the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together within the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. I understand there's going to be a great reunion in the clouds. But let me remind you, the same Bible that teaches us about that grand reunion is the Bible that teaches us about the judgment seat of Christ. And if you're saved, you're going to the judgment seat of Christ. I'm going to the judgment seat of Christ 
And can I just put it in a nutshell what's going to happen at the judgment seat of Christ? God the Father is going to turn to God the Son and He's going to say, this is what I did for you. Now I want to know, did you make the commitment for service? Did you meet the criteria? And just as sure, are you listening to me tonight? Just as sure as your name is what it is, you're going to give an account of what you've done with your life. Oh, preacher, I would serve God. But did you hear what they said? Who cares what they said about you? It's not going to matter what they said about you when you stand before God. It's only going to matter what you've done with your life. What have you done with your life? What have you done that will count for eternity? I appreciate the fact that you got a good job. If that's the job God wants you to have, no matter what it is, be the very best at it that you can possibly be. But whatever God wants for your life, every single one of us ought to find a place in this altar tonight and say, Lord, here is the paper. I've signed it. I've not put any other thing on it, Lord. You fill it in. You tell me what you want. You tell me what you want for my family. You tell me what you want. Where or when? How? And Lord, I'll do my very dead level best to do what you put on that paper. I'm signing my name by faith. Can I ask you this? Will you accept God's invitation tonight? This very night, will you sign the paper and give it to God? Will you deny yourself? Would you take up your cross? Isn't it amazing how personal Jesus made it in the text? His cross. He didn't speak of it in plural. He spoke of it in personal. His cross. That tells me that if Peter had a cross, Brother Banfi, I've got one to bear as well. But wait a minute. So do you. And so do you, Brother Benji. And so do you, Brother Gilbald. And so my question to you tonight in closing is this. Will you sign the paper and give it to God? Would you say to the Lord by your actions tonight, Lord, I realize that if I'm going to live life to the fullest, I'm going to have to die to myself. You'll never know the joy of living until you surrender everything to Jesus. You've listened so well. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I wonder if you would stand to your feet all over the building tonight. We're standing all over the building. Several folks are already moving to the altar. Whether you've been saved five minutes or 50 years, I'm not asking you to surrender to Costa Rica tonight. I'm not asking you to surrender to Burma. I'm not asking you to surrender to any specific mission field. I'm asking you to sign the paper and give it to God and say, God, whatever you want, for my life that is what I want some of your husbands here tonight you ought to make your way to this altar grab your wife by the hand and say when you get to this altar Lord as the spiritual leader of my home I'm signing the paper on behalf of my family. I am giving you my family, Lord, if you want me to be a faithful member of Emmanuel Baptist Church and never leave here. If you want me to knock doors in Jacksonville, if you want me to uh, work about, if you whatever, Lord, whatever, if you want me to surrender to plant a church out west, as the preacher preached last night, or maybe in the northeast, if it's your will for me to fly over to the next continent and work with a missionary there, whatever. Lord, whenever, however, tonight is the night that I die to myself so you can live through me. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the good touch of God that I've been blessed to feel tonight and experience as I preach the Word of God. Lord, I thank you for your people. Lord, I believe with all of my heart that years on down the road, several people will look back on this night and they'll be able to recall 
the night that they signed the significant symbolic blank piece of paper and they slid it to you and told you they were willing for you to fill it in. God, may tonight be the night. May tonight be the night. May tonight be the night that young man, that young lady surrenders. Uh, Lord, may tonight be the night that individual that's been saved 55 years would surrender their will of fresh and anew to yours. May tonight be the night that whole families they lay their lives down on the altar of sacrifice for your service. Oh God, may tonight be the night that many people accept your challenge. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name, preacher. Our heads about our eyes are closed. Peter begins to play. I know many have already responded. I would encourage you to do so if you haven't. If you're physically unable to make your way to an altar, make an altar out of your chair. See, Christian, we're judged as his priests on us fulfilling the will of God for our life. tonight and he's been working in hearts father i pray that you'll just continue to uh, work in the hearts of your people long after the final amen has been said and father i pray that uh, we'll be determined and committed to following through on commitments that we've made for you we ask that you bless the remainder of our evening this the efforts tomorrow and soul winning and on sunday may we have a great conclusion to our conference. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We have several here tonight. We have, first of all, uh, Brian and Victoria Stanley, and they come tonight and uh, sur- surrendering their family to serve God uh, in whatever way, however way God would have for them. And, of course, uh, Brian has grown up here, and uh, uh, we like him a lot better now with with, with the addition he's got. But uh, uh, we certainly praise the Lord for them. And so uh, pray for them as they seek the direction uh, that God has for their life. And then we have... Have Taylor Healy. Uh, Taylor, uh, um, he made a house call to the pastor today. And uh, so uh, he feels like the Lord has worked in his heart. And last night he felt like the Lord impressed upon him that it's God's will for him to be a missionary. And uh, so he wants to make that public tonight. 
And so we praise the Lord for that. And uh, uh, it's it's it's. It's not, it's ironic in a sense, but of course God knows. My wife and I were just talking about that the other night. You know, Taylor would make a good missionary. Uh, Taylor would be, so I'm not sure if I called you to the mission field or Aunt Heather called you mission field, but certainly uh, thankful for his tender heart and his desire to uh, serve the Lord. And then we have Addison Neal. Now, she she has the wonderful parents and a wonderful night she comes tonight uh, surrendering her life to the Lord whatever God wants for her and uh, so I praise uh, I praise the Lord for that and uh, what a wonderful wonderful thing yes. and uh, you want to know how, how, how God is blessing your church and how the Holy Spirit is in, 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 in your church and congregation when he's reaching into our homes and he's calling uh, men and women, young men and young ladies uh, to the mission field. You say, well, they're awful young. I remind you of this often. I was called to preach when I was six years of age. It stuck. Uh, and so pray for them. Pray for God's protection. And uh, will, you, will you allow me to do something tonight very quickly? Sit down, sit down for just a second. If you're a young man, a young lady, a teenager a young adult, a young couple, and you've surrendered your life, you feel like God in some capacity, mission field ministry wants you to be in full-time ministry, would you stand up? We have many in Bible college right now serving, training. We have... Now, I don't do that to say if God has not put that call in your life as the preacher preached tonight, that's not important. But I want to tell you, we've got missionaries out now. We've got men, men and women serving in churches. This is why the devil hates this church. This is why God has favored this church. And so I praise the Lord for that. And so I just, I was thinking about that this afternoon. Thank you, Lord. See, do you worry about God calling everybody out of church? I, I will get nervous if there's ever a time when He's not calling somebody out. And uh, so I praise the Lord for that. Let's all stand together, and um, and and uh, I just wanted to get your exercise there before you before you left. And uh, uh, but I think from time to time we need to be reminded of what God does and what God's doing. And the greatest thing this church has is that next generation. And uh, that's why we put on a missions conference like this. And I appreciate these missionaries uh, not just coming and, and telling us what God wants them to do. Uh, but I, I want our young people to talk to them. I want our church people to talk to them. And so uh, their faith stirs me. Um, uh, I mean, uh, brother, with your having that vision, i got to go back to the drawing board now. Uh, he, he's asking God for 73 acres. I've got 25 full over there. And so, oh, Lord, forgive me of my lack of faith. And so, uh, boy, it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful what God has already done. Thank you, Brother Cottle, for the message tonight and allowing the Lord to use you. And so, uh, you go by and see the missionaries' children. There's another gift over there this evening. So I want you to go by there and uh, pick that up. And so, missionaries, I'll go ahead and dismiss you uh, so you can get over to your table and uh, you stop by their tables. If you have not picked up a prayer card, uh, please do so. Pick up a prayer card. Pray for them and uh, pray that God will uh, allow them to get their support in a timely fashion and keep them safe and protect them. And I certainly look forward to being with them again on uh, in the soul winning tomorrow and then on Sunday in the services. And so let's look forward to a good day. Tomorrow, soul winning bus ministry will be uh, out as normal. And then Sunday morning, 9.45, we'll get started right here. Uh, the choir will get us started. We'll be at church at 945, the service right after, and then all the activities of the day. And so let's look forward to a good day on Sunday. Rose Stanley. As we're dismissed, we'll sing the chorus, The Family of God. Mm-hmm.